We're in this series entitled Fire. Today is our final message with the Fire series, okay? Next week, we start a series called Weirdos. We're getting weird this Christmas at 1910, amen? Weirdos. Come on, you know you came with one today. You know that, anybody got any weird family members that you saw this week? Come on. And you were glad when they left. Come on, somebody. Preach, amen. 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 So we're, we're going to wrap up this fire series today. We've been asking and praying for God to send his fire. Listen, once you say yes to Jesus Christ, he plants a fire within you. He's there. And for some of us, the, the fire that once raged within us, maybe it's not burning and blazing as great as it used to. Am I talking to anybody? And it, it just kind of tends to, if you don't continue to add Add fuel to this flame, it can, it can, it can kind of just begin to, to fade away. But I want you to know that once the Holy Spirit of Christ is planted within you, he's in you. And he's still there. And maybe today you're not burning as brightly as you once did. I want you to know that Christ is still there. And today he wants to, he wants to breathe back into life this flame that's still there. It might be a little ashy right now. It might not be burning as bright as it once did, but I'm telling you, Christ wants to resurrect a fire within you. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so we've been encouraging you to, to seek more of, of God and ask for him to set us aflame and ablaze, to, to burn away any impurity in us. You know, that's what someone who works with precious metals will do to, the, to that metal. They will put it to fire and then that process of, of the flame burning and, light, and, and becoming greater and raising the temperature on that, that precious metal, the impurities rise to the top, right? And you just kind of skim that away. Come on, I know that we got some dross in our lives that needs to be burned away, right? We have some impurities within us that, that are limiting us from being holy as God has called us to be. And so we've been asking for God to set us aflame. We believe that there's no greater need in our churches today than for the fire of God. There's no greater need in our schools and in our communities for the fire of God. We must be totally possessed by Christ, absolutely impassioned by his love and grace, wholly ablaze with his power and glory. Listen, every part of our being, in the words of the old great hymn, it must glow with God's fire divine. Listen, the wood is not enough. The altar is not enough. The sacrifice is not enough. We need the fire of God, amen? We need the fire of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, our, our kind of our theme verse for this journey has been, for our God is a consuming fire. Some translations say that our God is a devouring fire. Listen, that's what he wants to do. He wants to consume you. He wants to devour you. He wants to get rid of the junk and funk in your life that is not of him. And he wants to totally consume you. And listen, God will set a fire within us when we allow his spirit to enter in without restrictions. You see, that's what we oftentimes try to do. I want more of you, God. Just not that much. I want more. Just not that much. I want, you know what I'm saying? He wants to enter in completely. He wants to dominate. He wants to consume every part of us without restriction. And he wants to fill us beyond capacity. Now, what that means for you, though, is you need to let go of your fear. See, I believe that some of you are afraid to let God totally consume you. 
You're afraid of what others might think or what they might call you to do. Or if I let God totally consume me, I've got to become a missionary in Africa somewhere, right? Some of us are afraid to let God consume us. You need to surrender your will, right? You need to let go of you and embrace all of him. You need to yield to him. You need to trust him. Listen, God can be trusted. He can be trusted. And you need not be afraid of what God wants to do in your life. I want more of you, God. This passion and this love, this fire, this freedom to allow the Holy Spirit to work in my heart without restriction. It's fueled by, I believe, one thing. It's the prayer that John prayed in John 3.30. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. You, you, you catch that? Listen, for you to be totally consumed by the, by the power of, of God, for you to be totally set ablaze and aflame for him, you've got to step aside. You must decrease. Listen, we have a pretty lofty high view of ourselves, don't we? We're pretty prideful people. And for some of us, that might be the very thing that's hindering and limiting this full work. I said the full work of God in your life. There's something you're holding on to you need to release. There's a part of you that, 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 that you're afraid to, to let God expose and deal with. You need to not be afraid of that. Let him have his way. He must increase and I must decrease. Amen? Well, today I want you to know that you've not only, we've not only been praying and asking for God to set us ablaze in a flame with more of him. But listen, we are set ablaze so that we in turn can go and help set others ablaze. I made a comment early and it was really good. This is tweetable. You ready? Does anybody use Twitter anymore or are we just wasting our time? Anybody tweet? Nobody. Well, you can put this on Facebook. This is good. We've, we've been lit so that we can go light. We've been lit so that we in turn can go light others. Are you with me today? You see, listen, in, 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 in the natural world, a fire spreads, doesn't it? A fire spreads. And whatever you have, in a con have a fire contained in, it spreads to the limits of that containment, right? But sometimes it leaps above. The We've been seeing for the last several months raging wildfires across the West Coast. That probably started with just one spark. A cigarette butt, a lightning strike, Somebody careless with whatever, and, and what, ha what starts so small can spread. That's natural, right? Did you realize and do you understand that even in the spiritual as well, God wants fire to spread? In fact, being on fire for God, listen, that will spread to the other people that are around us. Listen, our stories, our testimonies could be that spark that God uses to start a fire in someone else. Or maybe to stoke that fire in other believers that maybe has just grown cold a little bit. Are you with me? Don't you just love to hear stories of how God is at work in the lives of people? Do you tell that? Do you tell people about the great things that God does in your life? Listen, we're so quick to, to, to become dejected and, 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 and frustrated, maybe even saddened a little bit when things around us go awry. But are we quick to give God glory when the good things happen? Amen? You see, I believe that as we tell those God stories, that fans the flame in other believers who maybe just aren't mm, burning as brightly as they used to. Are you with me on that? 
And as we tell our stories and as we spread this flame, I'm telling you, God brings other people along the journey with us who are set ablaze for his glory. After Jesus ascended back to heaven, you know that's exactly what happened with the gospel. So keep in mind, for three years, Jesus walked and talked. He taught. He performed miracles uh, on this earth, always directing people towards his Father in heaven, explaining to them what it meant to to, to worship the one true God. But he was also preparing them for his departure. And after his death on the cross, his burial in the grave, and resurrection after how many days? Three, awesome, three days in the grave, Jesus became, would, would make his presence known to people in various settings, walking on the road or in a room or, or what He would come. And, 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 and he would make his presence known, just reminding them that I'm, I'm, I'm alive. And, and, and as he ascended back to heaven, without him physically here, what became of the gospel? What became of those three years of him preparing and training and speaking into people? What had, did it just, did they pack it away on the shelf and just forget about it? No. You see, the gospel continued to spread as the early church was formed in the book of Acts. This is because they obeyed Jesus' commands to continue to go and check this out, tell his story. I want you to go and tell people that I'm alive. I want you to go and tell people what I've done. I want you to share with people what you've seen me do. I want you to continue to tell the story. And aren't we thankful that they did? Because they continued to tell the story. That's why we're still here today, gathered, worshiping, singing. We possess a hope that they possessed so many years ago. But they continued to follow through with his commands. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. You see, these, these believers, this first church, they continued to be obedient to the commands of Jesus. They continued to tell his story. They witnessed to their close relatives. They would, they would tell his story to acquaintances that they would pass in the city streets. They would even find strangers. Anyone that would listen, they would tell the story. They would share what God did for them. And the result was that many people were saved. Many people were sanctified. Many people were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Listen, do we believe that the same thing can happen in us? Do, do we believe that that command that Jesus left with, with the, 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 the first church is still the command of the church today? That we are to continue to go and tell his story, spreading this fire that he birthed within us? Listen, if we are willing to keep our own flame burning and share with others, I'm telling you, other people will be lit with the good news of Jesus Christ. You've been set ablaze to go set others ablaze as well. Last time I read John 3, 16, it said something like this, for God so loved the world. You see, we just tend to think about our world, my world, my, 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 my. Right? You want to talk about me? You want to talk about my? want to talk about number one? Oh, my, me, my. We, that we just think about us. But he died for the whole world. 
You've been lit to go light others. You've been set ablaze so that others too can experience the same spirit that is ablaze in you. Come on, somebody. You better go with me today. You are carved up. I know. You can hang in here with me. Now, I need to let you know that telling the good news about Jesus Christ is not always easy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's not always easy, is it? I want to remind you that, that the scriptures are loaded with people who faced opposition. There's an Old Testament prophet in particular by the name of Jeremiah that I'm reminded of. Jeremiah was, was a prophet of God sent to, to, to speak the truth to Israel. The Israelites began to hate Jeremiah. You know why? Because he told them the truth. <laughs> he spoke the truth. I know that we live in a day and age in which people want to hear the truth and we're never offensive with our words, are we? Mm. In fact, I believe that that's why some of us have, have stopped sharing the good news. We're, we're afraid to speak the truth today for fear of offending someone. Hey, it's time to offend some people. It's, it's time to offend somebody. And that's what you find when you read about this Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah. He became hated in Israel because he was telling them the truth. He was sharing things with them that they didn't want to hear. He was openly mocked. He was even put in prison because of his dedication to the Lord. Because he continued to spread God's message of repentance, right? He was probably the first one you might say, Pastor, that would say turn or burn, right? Listen, he spoke the truth and he wasn't accepted. And you read his story that after enduring this for a while, Jeremiah finally thought about giving up. He, he finally thought about giving up telling people what God had said. However, if you continue to read the story, you're, you're going to find that, 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 that God's message in him, quote, he says, was a burning fire shut up in my bones. In fact, I love what he says in Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Jeremiah says, his words burn in my heart like a what? Come on, his words burn in my heart like a And it's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out. I'm worn out trying to hold on to it. I can't do it. Do you see what's happening here? This prophet is consumed with God. And although he's, he's offended people and, and he's been thrown, listen, he just can't stop telling people what God has done and what God wanted them to hear and to know. It's a fire in my bones, he says. I can't hold it any longer. And he couldn't stop. He just felt compelled to continue to go and to tell people everywhere. But he faced opposition. This same church that I just described to you in Acts, the early church also faced great persecution, yet they could not stop telling others about Jesus. And so I just want you to know that we're in good company. When we in fact, I would say this, if you're not facing any opposition for your faith, you might need to check your faith-o-meter because you might be playing a little too safe and, 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 and you might just be kind of just too cozy with the enemy who's trying to keep us a little complacent with our, with our faith. Are you with me there? Am I talking to anybody? I know I'm talking to Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. 
We will face opposition. But no matter what, we must not stifle the fire that God has given us. Jesus' command to, 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 to spread the gospel, it, it extended not only to the prophets of old, not only to the first church, but it extends to us too. And just like the early church and just like the prophet Jeremiah, we can be on fire for God and we can spread his message of repentance and hope. Hey, can I just tell you something today? We're here to advance God's kingdom, not to have church. That's why we're here. And I think we've, we've, we, we, we've kind of, we've misunderstood what the church is all about. Listen, this is not what God just intends for us. To sit inside these four walls, this salt shaker. Salt is meant to get out of a shaker. Right? You shook some salt this week. I know you did. Some of you sweating right now. You got the salt sweats. Right? You, listen, salt is meant to get out of the shaker. And we as a church are meant to get out of this. We're here to advance God's kingdom. And in order to advance God's kingdom, it's going to take all of us that have been lit with Jesus to go light others with him as well. We're here to advance God's kingdom, not to have church. Well, that's the introduction today. Actually, can I share with you some words? That Jesus spoke over that early church in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Listen to what he said to them. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Where? Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. <laughs> the earth. You are to be my witnesses. Do you know what a witness does? A witness testifies to what they have seen or know. A witness just, just tells what they know about an experience or what they've seen happen, right? Anybody ever been a witness somewhere? You, you all are. You, you know that you're a, a, a natural witness. You're a natural evangelist because all of you tell people about something you've experienced. You, you, you receive great service somewhere at a restaurant or a car dealership or um, great service with a realtor or whatever. You, 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 you tell people. You yelp about it, right? You, you, you log on to... To whatever, and you just tell people, listen, you're a natural evangelist. You tell people about your experiences. That's the imagery here with the early church. That's what Jesus is saying. Listen, you're to be my witnesses. Hey, guys, listen, you're to go tell people about me everywhere you go. Just tell them what I've done. You know that that's what evangelism is. Evangelism is simply, this is the most simple definition of evangelism. It is an overflow of your personal experience with Jesus. You see, I think some of us have, have, have made it more difficult than it really is. We feel like that we've got to have, you know, a, a long list of, of, of scripture verses memorized, and they've got to be in this order. Heaven forbid you get them out of order, and that one's, you know, or, or you, you, you've, got to, you, you've got to have, you know, a, a, an army of people with you, or it can only happen on 
certain day or when the stars and moon are aligned. What, we, we, we make evangelism. To, listen, evangelism is simply you telling someone else what Jesus has done for you. That's it. Have you done that? Listen, it's not, let's not make it more difficult than it really is. Just tell people what Christ has done in your life. I mean, seriously, how well does it go over when your friends ask you about Jesus and all you have to tell them is secondhand information? Well, I really don't know, but, but I heard my preacher one time say that this is what Jesus is like. Or, hey, I remember I watched the Billy Graham crusade one night, and, and this is what I heard Billy Graham say. Or, hey, I had a Sunday school teacher one time or a vacation Bible school hey, at the Hill one night. I remember, I think, a, a leader said this. Or, no, no, no. no. Tell, how well? You tell people personally what he's done in your life. Don't give them second. Tell them. I once was lost, but now I'm, I was blind, but now I see. I'm just telling you, this is what Jesus has done in, in my, they can't argue with your story. They can't argue with your testimony. That's evangelism. Jesus says, be a witness. That's what he wants you to do. You simply tell people what he's done for you. Here's the problem. The problem with our evangelism for God is I don't think it's not that we're afraid to tell people. I don't think the problem is that, 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 that we, we want people to like us. I think there's a deeper reason that we don't share Christ. And, and I think that reason is because we've lost our first love. We, we, we've lost that, 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 that first love. You see, I'm afraid that for some of us, Jesus has kind of become sort of familiar to us. Someone that maybe we're not all that excited about. At least not excited to tell other people about. Do you remember when you first received Jesus Christ in your life? And by the way, once he plants himself in you, he's in you. I've already said that. I want you to hear that again. Do you remember that excitement you had? The joy? You couldn't stop. Man, you were practicing with the dog. You were telling your, your friends. I mean, you were telling everybody what Jesus had done for you. And, and I'm afraid that we just kind of lose that first love. We lose that initial excitement that we once had for Jesus Christ. Listen, we need not be ashamed of our Savior. We need a growing personal relationship with him daily that simply begins to overflow into all aspects of who we are. Don't make it more difficult than it is. And I just want to remind you that Christ came into you so that you would put him on display for others to see. Listen, over the next few weeks, there's a verse that we're going to see time and time again on a, on a card that you receive in the mail or, or even on a church screen and during worship. But the people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light, right? Jesus says, I am the light of the world, right? The imagery here is, is that Jesus has come. And that people that are walking around in a dark, hopeless world, they now have the opportunity to experience light and hope and answers and peace and joy. They have the opportunity, but it all falls on our shoulders. Will we put him on display for others to see? Pastor Chach 
kind of kind of share I, I put my Christmas lights up on my house and I put them up on my house because I wanted my girls to walk out and we count it down three two one dad plugs the lights and you know Chevy Chase and vacation there Christmas vacation right and, and I want my girls to go wow ooh, oh dad you're awesome because let's just face it we men need an attaboy every once in a while don't we is there any dude in here that does not like a word of encouragement come on ladies that's the best gift you can give your husbands and a gift card to Bass Pro Shop. But a, but a word of encouragement. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm taking care of you this Christmas. All right, Lee, I got you, bro. I got you. But, but, but listen, I didn't just light my house for, for, for my family. I, I want my neighbors to say, wow. I want other people to drive and say, ooh, ah. You see, that's what you do with lights. You put lights on display not just for your enjoyment, but for others around you. Listen, we possess the light of the world. Do you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe that? Then put him on display. Let him out. Let other people experience the same Jesus that is within you. I'm just going to tell you something. A private faith in a resurrected Christ is practically impossible. You can't. If your faith is the real deal, you will not stop telling people about Jesus and what he's done in your life. Now, I'm not saying we got to walk around all the time with bullhorns and signs and turn a burn and yelling people and, and scaring them. To no, no, but I'm telling you, you, know, you can let Jesus. Jesus didn't act that way either. Jesus entered relationships with people, entered conversations. And at some point, I do believe that every conversation we have with someone can be turned back to God. I really believe that. I really believe that. The bottom line is let him out. You, you've, you've not been set ablaze to keep that contained to yourself. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. No. You put it on a lampstand and let it shine so that everyone in the house can experience it. Come on, somebody. I believe that we have an opportunity like never before to win people for Christ. Listen. People are hungry for the truth, and we have it. We have it. And it takes all of us to make him famous. I pray that you're helping make him famous. If you ain't helping, you ain't helping. We need all of us to advance the kingdom of God. I, I, we need to step up and do something. I was reminded of getting ready for today about a story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. There's a young shepherd boy by the name of David. His brothers are off with the Israelite army and they're fighting the, their arch nemesis, the Philistines. Philistines, Philistines, whatever you want to say, it's the, those people. And da David's daddy, Jesse, has said, hey, go check on your brothers. I want you to take some cheese and crackers and just, just kind of go deliver it to them. But in the meantime, I want you just to make sure that they're still doing well. Correct? You remember that story? Remember, David walks into the camp, and what he finds is the Israelite army. They're not off fighting a battle. They're cowered, hunkered down in their tent. They're there at the camp. And David's like, what's going on? Is this what war is all about? We sit around and play Parcheesi and eat crackers and cheese. And... Does anybody play Parcheesi today? I never understood that. It's weird to me. While across the way, David begins to hear some trash talking coming across the valley floor. It's from the Philistine side. 
And, and the Philistines have sent their mightiest warrior. His name is Goliath. They've sent Goliath out. And Goliath is trash talking. Probably the first trash talker in history. Goliath. And he's taunting Israel daily, twice a day. And when David shows up, it's been going on for 40 days. David walks up and says, is, what is this mess? Well, that's Goliath. He's the mightiest of the Philistine army. He's coming out and he's taunting, saying, who will come and fight me? You know, and, and come on, who's your, where's your God? And blah, blah, you know, David said, was anybody going to shut him up? Well, no, we're eating cheese and crackers. By the way, thanks, David. And we're, we're just hanging out. And David says, well, I'm going to do something about it. Because David understood something. D David understood, first of all, that his God is greater. And, and, and David understood that, that the, the nonsense, things that weren't true needed to be dealt with. Are you with me there? And David knew that his God was more than able. I don't need no armor, you know. I know I'm young, but hey, you know what? I've taken care of bears and lions, and I think I can take care of that putz in the, in the valley there. You know the story. One shot to the head, decapitation, run through town, eventually dancing and singing in your underwear. It's awesome. It's great. <laughs> See what happens when you step out. Some of you, that's all you're going to remember, my sermon today, decapitation and dancing in your underwear. That's okay. Just do it in private. It's, anyway, um, but David did something with it. David understood that a privatized faith is, is impossible. David understood that his God was greater. David understood th something I think that many of us know, that if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, I think David understood something, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? David stepped out and he did something about it. Guys, listen, it's time that we step out and do something about it. Time is of the essence. I, I shared something with the men. I got to share this real quick. This was not in the, uh, but a couple of Wednesday nights. We meet with men on Wednesday nights. Men's ministry, we're still meeting on Wednesday nights. I know the women are through, but we men love the Lord a lot more. <laughs> and we're pursuers. No, actually, we just have some rougher edges that need yeah. to work on, right? Come, any dudes still jacked up in this house? Some of y'all didn't raise your hand. We're going to meet this Wednesday night, by the way, men, out in the grove around the campfires. You come, you come. We're going to have some fireside chats, deep thoughts with Pastor Jason. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Found some words. I shared this with our men a few weeks ago. We were talking about moral courage and stepping up and doing something about it. I found some words from Dr. Martin Luther King in April 1963, Dr. King wrote a letter from his jail cell in Birmingham, Alabama, challenging the white clergy to step up and speak out on an issue of racial, racial discrimination. Some clergy back in those days began to criticize his tactics, and so Dr. King began to defend his strategy of, of nonviolent resistance. Dr. King said this, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Do you agree with that? That's why I love that we're part of a church that, that runs to injustices and tries to, to right those. But what Dr. King was telling his white brothers was not to wash their hands. And he rebuked their, them for their do-nothingness. See, they weren't doing anything. And guys, this is, let me tell you something. When we fail to use our voice, we lose our voice. And I'm afraid that that's what's happening with the church when it comes to this idea of being witnesses. We have failed to use our voice, and therefore we are losing 
our voice. Make no mistake about it, silence sanctions. Nothing says more than silence. And for far too long, the church of Jesus Christ has been silent. Would you agree with me? Dr. King goes on and he begins to to accuse the white church of being more cautious than courageous. He says, you've remained silent behind the quote, the anesthetizing security of stained glass windows. That's why we don't have windows in this house. (laughs) Dr. King said these words, quote, we will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words of bad people, but for the appalling silence of good people. Now, Dr. King was speaking to an injustice of racial tension in our nation. I believe there's also another injustice, injustice still prevalent today. It's when God's people, filled with his spirit, say nothing about their Savior. And there are people that are dying around us daily without a saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Time is of the essence. We do not know what the future will bring. We do not know when Christ will come back. We can no longer afford to sit and wait for a better opportunity. Matthew 24, 36 says, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself, only the father knows. And so here's what I do know today. The mandate on your life is to declare that Jesus is the son of God on the earth. God has planted his story in you so that you will tell his story to other people. Your your greatest calling is, is to tell how Jesus has changed your life. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives here on earth. We we are the ones that he works through to rescue people from hell. You, You know that God's desire is not for people to go to hell. Did you know that? Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil. And so to hell with the devil and to heaven with people. That's the message. And it's going to mean that we get up off of these padded, comfortable, cushioned seats. And we go do something with the message that's within us. Are you with me today, church? Romans 1.5 says, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. Listen, when we do our part, God does his part. You tell the story, you let God bring the results. That's it. God is a consuming fire. And may the fire that he has set ablaze in us spread. May he be the fire that sets our hearts aflame. And may we take that same flame to those around us that need to experience him. Amen. I want to ask you to stand today, bow your heads and close your eyes. 
I wanna invite those of you here today just as a symbolic act to the Father. Those of you that are here, they say, you know what? It's time for me to step up and step out. I want you to come to the front right now. You come to the front. I'm not gonna stay silent any longer. I've been set ablaze and I'm gonna go set others ablaze. If that's you, I want you to come just as a symbolic act before the Father that today, God, I'm giving myself to you. Here I am, Lord, send me. If that's you here today, you come. Lord, I want to step out. I want to, I want to set others ablaze. Lord, you have planted a flame within me. And Father, I want to take your story to an unbelieving world around me. If that's you, I want you to come to the front today. And I want to pray over you and bless you this morning. Anybody? Heaven help us. Don't be ashamed. This is the easiest step you can take right now. If you, yeah, the easiest step. Father, thank you. For those of you that are here, I just want you to reach your hands out right now as I pray over you and bless you this morning. God, you're amazing. God, you have set us afire with a consuming passion for you. God, I pray that that same fire and passion would burn in our hearts for others as well, Lord. Holy Spirit, overtake all that we are. We believe in you. We know that you are good. We, we need you to come in and to fill us, Jesus. We, 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 we need you to have your way in our hearts and in our lives. Jesus, right now, we surrender ourselves to you completely. Have your way, Lord. Lord, would you remove anything in us that is not of you? Lord, would you burn away the dross? Lord, would you consume anything, God, that is not of you? Purify us. Refine us in this moment, Lord. Set us ablaze. Lord, we receive your love. Lord, I want to pray over these in this house today, Father, that your love would overflow from us. That, God, we would let this light that you've placed within us, God, pierce the darkness around us. God, not for our glory, but for yours and yours alone. Father, thank you. Thank you for the fire. Let us go, set others ablaze in your name. Father, today I'm going to pray for that individual that's here that has never said yes to your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they say yes to Jesus and receive the grace and love that flowed from the cross, Calvary. That today they would understand that they're not too far gone in which your love can't find them. There's no mountain you won't climb up. Shadow you won't light up. You're coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Lord, you're coming after us. You leave the 99 for the one. And there's one here today, Father, that needs to experience your love. If that's you today, I'm going to say amen. And our team is going to be down front. And I want you to come and say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. So, Father, you're sending us out now to a world in need. We go in your name and your strength and in your power. It's in the great name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.